asked, how much protein is too much protein? And Deborah wants to know, I'm working out now, running and weightlifting on a regular basis. Should I increase my protein? Don't go anywhere. Today we'll answer the questions on your mind. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 55. Most of my career, I've worked in some type of media, particularly radio, where I did morning drive nutrition spots for over 18 years, and I loved every moment of it. That's what led me to start podcasting, ultimately, to you. I created Bariatric Surgery Success to provide you with life-changing information, always based on science, along with simple strategies and tools to help you be successful in your transformation and your entire journey. I'm so happy you've connected with me. You're in the right place, and I'm glad you're listening. Joining me via Skype today is bariatric dietitian Gail Brazzy-Smith. Gail has a heartfelt passion for helping people with their weight loss journey. You'll see her post in our Facebook group, Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell. Gail is also certified in obesity and weight management, and is the bariatric dietitian at the Weight Loss and Bariatric Surgery Institute in Orlando, Florida, where she's been for seven years. You can find Gail's contact information in the show notes. Well, Gail, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. It's been a couple of years since we've done this. Yes, it's, I'm so excited, Susan, to join you today. Thank you for having me. You are welcome, and we're going to have fun because We have a lot of questions, so let's just get right to them. And let's start with Liz. She wants to know how much protein is too much protein? Well, Liz, this answer is for you, and that's a very good question. Really, there is not too much protein. Most patients can't eat too much protein, but the recommended amount of protein for the sleeve and the gastric bypass patients is somewhere between 60 and 80 grams of protein. For the duodenal switch, we usually recommend a little higher, 80 to 100. And of course, this is just an estimate. I usually take your height, weight, age, plug it into a formulation, and come out with a little more exact estimation. But bottom line, it's just an estimate. And I usually tell you the more important thing to do is to have some protein with every meal, every snack. And that can be plant-based protein or animal-based protein as you're starting to eat real food again in phase three into phase four of your post-op surgery progression. But as you get farther away from your surgery, uh, you may be asking your protein uh, needs or excesses this way because you're further out and do you really need that much protein? Perhaps not, but we do check your blood levels. We do want you to come back and see us every year. But for the most part, if you are active, you're one gram to one and a half grams of protein per kilogram is probably going to fit in nicely for your needs. And you know, Gail, I I love what you just said about make sure that you have a protein at every meal and snack. In fact, one of the things I always tell people when you're planning your menu, when you're getting ready to eat, especially those times when you say, "Ugh, I'm just not hungry. I just uh, don't want to eat or you're not feeling emotionally there to do it is to always reach for that protein first, because if you can get that in, then you can fill in around it, but at least you've gotten that most important macro in. Absolutely, Susan. Pairing it with a little 
healthy carbohydrate, whole grain, bread, cereal, or fruit will really give you a little energy, keep your brain working, but the protein does give you that satiety. And early on, it really does help in the healing process and does keep you satisfied the rest of your life. So just a small one to two ounce per meal, per snack. And we usually recommend those five to six small meals a day because the stomach itself can only hold about four ounces or a half a cup for the sleeves and maybe slightly more for the duodenal switch. But for the gastric bypass, it's our surgeons make it two to three ounces. So you're only talking about a quarter cup to a third cup. That's why I always tell everyone it's really smart to circle back with your bariatric dietitian because when I'm doing the podcast, I'm trying to give what we know are the general recommendations, but procedures vary and our bodies vary. And it's really important to have that little bit of personalized attention too when you can. And I know in our, this next question, just what you were saying, this leads us right into question number two, which ties into the protein ones. Okay. The question is, I'm now working out, I'm running and lifting weights. Should I increase my protein? That is another great question. A lot of people wonder if they need more protein when they do work out. And my question is, or excuse me, Susan, my answer is to continue to eat those small five to six small meals a day and have that protein in there. If you know you're going to work out, you may want that small snack an hour or so before you work out. And of course, after for recovery, also with some protein. Getting the, you know, I think that's a great uh, point to make because since the meals and snacks are small and if someone is starting to work out heavily, I can see where they may be uh, needing a few more calories. So by doing what you just said, having a snack before and then having one afterwards is going to help get that mix of protein, carb and replenish them as you were just saying. Right. The right balance of the macronutrients after exercise restores your energy levels, reduces fatigue, and helps the body to kind of repair those muscles and build strength for future workouts. And I know this question's come up, so I do want to mention it. I get a lot of questions, and I know you do too, about whey protein versus pea versus collagen. And so I'll mention right now, for those of you that listen regularly, you can check out um, podcast number 50. It's on the best protein powders for bariatric surgery, because yes, they do vary. But the one I wanted to just mention really quickly is the darling of the internet right now, which is, <laughs> which one is that, Gail? Oh, could it be collagen? <laughs> yes, it could be. So, you know, Gail and I don't have a problem with collagen in the average person, but bariatric makes you very special. And here's the deal with that. It's super popular, right? But remember those nine essential amino acids that I talk about a lot in the podcast? Well, um, collagen, does not contain one of them, which is tryptophan, and then two others, cysteine and methionine, it's low in. So it makes the overall quality of collagen not very high, not compared to uh, whey protein. So that's why in bariatric surgery, when it really matters the quality of what you get, because you don't get a lot, it's not a good choice. Totally agree, Susan. And I get that question a lot. And I always say, get your protein from the whey-based proteins and the real food proteins first. But yes, if you have to have your collagen, some people want it for their hair, skin, nails, whatever. 
I say, well, that's fine, but make sure you get your quality protein yeah. in. And that's what makes it hard because if you're already struggling to get in somewhere between 60, 80, 90 grams of protein of really high quality, it's hard to get the other in. But there will come a time and maybe you can, you know, when the calorie level's up around 1,200, 1,400, depending on how much you're exercising, that might work. Yeah. Okay, so this one is a long one, Gail, and it's a really good one because it talks a lot about food and eating. So it comes from Jeanette. So, okay, come in close, everyone. It's a long one. I have a huge list of foods called caution foods, and I'm supposed to avoid these after surgery, Jeanette says, including high-fat cheeses, creamy sauces, spicy foods, sugar alcohols, and bread, including pita, tortillas, rolls, and pastries. My diet plan does allow for me to start having small amounts of whole grain bread after six months. My question is about recipes that call for breading, like all-purpose flour or whole wheat flour. If I'm not allowed to eat bread, should I be substituting things like coconut flour, almond flour, chickpea flour, or even quinoa flour in my recipes? And are things like panko breadcrumbs and cornstarch off limits too? And finally, again, thinking of my recipes, if a recipe calls for cream cheese, would I be able to still make the recipe if I substitute Neuchâtel? And by the way, Neuchâtel is what you'll see in the grocery now called a third less fat cream cheese. Okay, Gail, what say you? <laughs> well, Jeanette, you do have some great questions I about know, adding fat. Yes, all these foods. And I tell patients that, yes, they can add some of these foods back once they get into the lifetime diet phase four. And that's about, you know, four to six weeks post-op. But you have to go slowly. And you do have to watch some of these uh, really full-fat cream cheeses and white bread, white flour, white rice, white pasta they're always going to be very doughy, gummy to your stomach. So the whole grain versions usually help you a little bit better. Some people do okay with the quinoa and the uh, because it's an ancient grain that's higher in protein and the farro. But regular rice might not quite cut it unless you use less of it in with your beans. So instead of the bowl of beans, you have a little bit, excuse me, a bowl of rice, you have the bowl of beans and you sprinkle a little bit of that white rice. Or better yet, try cauliflower rice, which is actually, you know, a low starchy vegetable. And that works really well in the bariatric stomach. But some of these other things you're asking about, the breadings, the, the whole wheat flour, the almond, or you had chickpea flour, coconut flour, I get those questions a lot too. And sure, you can have some of those. But the panko breadcrumbs and the quinoa fl uh, flour, no, wait, the panko and the cornstarch, those you could have small amounts of. You just don't want that, them dripping in breadcrumbs. It's better do, to do the baked or the lightly grilled or lightly sauteed food items without all of those breadcrumbs. And obviously, the lighter nufichel or light cream cheese is better as well as the lower fat sour creams and the, even the whipped butters are better, a small amount, or your vegetable oils, very small amounts, or the vegetable sprays when you're cooking. You know, I agree with that because I'm thinking about, I hear people in the private Facebook group, they'll talk about dumping syndrome. And to me, uh, where I see it the most is when people are using white bread, white rice, white pita, the non-high fiber 
versions that they do seem to have a lot more problems with bloating, gas, gumminess, like you said, and outright dumping syndrome. So I do think when we're looking for the high fiber carbs, they tend to work so much better. Yes, they do. And they even make like cauliflower crust uh, pizza now that you can use. And that is usually much easier for the bariatric stomach to tolerate. You can make your own, you can buy it frozen. Um, oh, and, one of my favorites is, yeah. uh, not that I usually call out names of places, but <laughs> Costco has a great cauliflower yes. vegetable pizza. Have you had it, Gail? Yes. <laughs> I can't think tasty. of the brand name right now yes. of yes. it, but um, if you ask, they'll know. <laughs> yes, they will. And that works really, really well. So also we have, if you want to go back and you're thinking, gosh, I'd like to review this and hear more, go back to podcast numbers 42 through 44. We talk a lot about eating from right after surgery into moving to the long haul of eating. And we ask, uh, answer more of your questions there. So Gail, as we wrap up, well, is there one something that uh, you wanted to mention or a last thought that's a, a good takeaway tip that you always like your clients to know? Yes, Susan, the most important thing is to enjoy your life, eat healthy, stay off of carbonation, drink plenty of fluids, non-carbonated, low sugar between your meals and stay hydrated, but get out there and exercise. I love it because I remind them every week, this is all about you. And the whole reason we do this is to help you take care of yourself on your journey. Remember, you're worth it. Thank you, Gail. Hope you'll come back and join us again soon. For sure, Dr. Susan. Thank you for having me. I really had fun today. And we'll talk to you next week. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.